Welcome to the Innovation Grid at Fluid Solar House. I'm Dave Stockbridge, the host of Innovators and Influencers podcast. Today, we're talking with Danny Gradergood. Now, Danny has one of the strongest growing businesses in Australia right now, and is now a leader in the security field. We'll talk to him to unlock some of his secrets and insights as to what's made his business a success, and I hope that you can find ideas that you can apply to your journey. Hi, I'm Dave Stockbridge and welcome to the Innovators and Influencers podcast. Joining me today is Danny Grotergood from Titanium Security. Danny's the CEO and over the period of the last 10 years has turned $1,000 in his back pocket into somewhat of an empire. The strongest growing security business in the country right now. Uh, Danny leads a team of sometimes hundreds of people and all from very humble beginnings just a matter of years ago. We're here to talk to Danny about how he's transformed himself and his business from a very small concern to one that's now dominating the industry. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. And always great to have a local achiever at Fluid Solar House, so thanks so much for coming along. Um, so take us through that journey. I've summarized it very quickly, but obviously that 10 year journey started somewhere. Can you pinpoint the moment when you thought, you know what, I want to be more than just the security guard I am today? Yeah, probably about, um it goes back about 25 years ago when I started doing security work. Right. Um, and I come off another business at that time. I was uh, owned a, um, a deli in a mini supermarket. Yeah. Went out of business. Yeah. Um, but I had that in me. I always wanted to be in business. Mm-hmm. So when we um, when I started doing the security industry work, um, it was good, but I knew I needed more. Yeah. Um, after about probably 10 to 12 years of working in the industry, um, I decided to, it's time to move out of my own. Yeah. Which I did. And yeah, that's that's where it's that's and, where it's all started. Yeah. And the rest is history, just, so to speak. Just one of those things in the back of mind, it's always itching. You know, you want to get back into business again, and, and that's what I did. If you had to describe that itch, is it something that just kept on in the back of your mind, or just a feeling that you had, like a personal momentum that inevitably you find yourself uh, back and in control of your own destiny again? Yeah, it, it is. It's like a, a drive, constant drive. That you know, you want more out of life, and yeah, yeah there's, there's only one way to get it, and that's. It worked for yourself. Because for some people it can also be a rebellion. You know, I, I don't like being told what to do or want to be the mastermind destiny or it's got to be better as the boss or... We, we... Yeah. No, I didn't have that. I was, I was happy working for a boss, but I just knew I wanted more out of life. Yeah. And can you pinpoint that moment where you made that leap? Was there a particular conversation or day that you remember driving around and went, today's the day, I've got to make that decision, I'm going to make it happen? Yeah, it was more about um, an opportunity been presented. Right. I've always been one to, if I see an opportunity, I'll grab it. Yep. And yeah, a gentleman called Grant Frearson, he owned Ample Security. He was looking for a contractor um, in the northern suburbs in Salisbury, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. to uh, manage his patrols. And that's what I did. That's why I um, jumped from being an employee to an employer and yeah, moved from there. Had, um, like I said, before $1,000 in my pocket. So I went to Peter Kittle and got myself a car loan and yep. yeah, got, a, got my first patrol car and started off that way. And away you went. Yeah. So, um, uh, with very little resources and um, but with some considerable experience at that stage you've made that leap from working for somebody to working for yourself were there any fears or hesitations on your behalf at that point or in your life at that point that uh, served as a yeah, hesitation probably, probably the biggest fear i got or the first fear was um, when i got my first full-time employee mm-hmm. um, just knowing that it's not just me now i'm responsible for his well-being and his family and um, his you know, his mortgage. Yeah. So that, that's 
probably where it really struck home. I'm actually going to do this right and not, not mess it up because it's not just my future, it's other people's futures. Yeah, and, and people often talk about that moment when they go from amateur to pro and it sounds like perhaps having your first employee on board was that time for you where... I think so. Yeah. yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. And, and do you remember that first employee? I do, yeah. yeah. Um, it turned out that he wasn't really suitable for, <laughs> for our company anyway, but yeah, yep. I, do, I do remember it and yeah. And, and do, do you remember those early days where you are bringing people on board? Is there things that you did differently then to how you do it now when you're inducting or bringing people into your business Absolutely. 10 years down the track? Yeah, well, we, we've learned a lot over the years. Um, we don't, it used to be a case of, oh, someone's got experience in these skill sets, we'll just give them a job. Yeah. But now there's a very rigorous process. We make sure they're absolutely perfect for the job. There's a lot more HR paperwork and all that now, which we, we weren't worried about in the beginning. But yeah. Yeah, there's, as we get more professional and bigger, we you know, make sure we cross our T's and dot our I's. Was there a critical moment in those early days that gave you the momentum that propelled you to the next level? So you, you've secured this contract under uh, your former employer, is that correct? Um, well, with ample security. With ample yeah. security. And so you're a subcontractor there. Were you working under your own brand at that stage? Or? We were, um, only, only limited though. We only had a few small clients of our own. Yep. Probably the, the turning point was a um, tender coming out for the city of Tetra Gully. Mm -hmm. The first tender we went for and we got it. Wow. Um, and that, that was definitely a turning point for us. We thought, we're, right, we're serious now. And then not long after that, Ample Security went up for sale. Uh -huh. And we knew that if we didn't buy him, he'd have to sell his business to someone and yep. we'd lose that contract. So we basically saved up our money and bought his business. Wow. And that was, that was the beginning of the of us moving forward in a big way. And, and so at what stage are you then buying your former employer? Is this two years down the track, three years down the track? That was, um, yeah, about two and a half years right. into the business. So, um, so the, uh, from that respect, you've gone from uh, opening the doors on your business um, or working for somebody to then uh, working as a contractor for somebody to then buying that business right. in order to give you the momentum to move on to the next level. Yeah, yeah well at that point we had about 20 staff. Um, Ample Security had a lot of guard sites around Salisbury and Elizabeth, so yeah. it, it was a big responsibility at that point to yeah, move ahead and, and grow the business. And, and now you're the biggest supplier to uh, local government for security services? Well, we've got the most, um, yeah, the most local government contracts in South Australia. Yeah. And when you got that first tender, was there, uh, were you a little bit surprised yourself? Or did you, you... We were. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Yeah. We hadn't had any experience in tendering. Yeah. We sought some help from different um, tender writers and, and, and all that. And they, gave, they gave us some basics on how we're supposed to answer tender questions. Yeah. But yeah, that's what really... Um, educated us on, on how to yeah, how to go for future tenders. Yeah, and are there key people that you've come across over the years that have been of, of great help as you've sought to um, innovate and, uh, and evolve your business and, and grow your business? Yeah, definitely, yeah, hundreds of people really. Yeah. yeah. Every every person you meet, you learn something from them and that's it's been like that the whole time. And is that a, a, a core belief that you think has propelled the growth of the business uh, from your perspective, that you do have this hunger for learning? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's, the way we've always done it is um, we've, we learn from our mistakes, which there's been, been plenty of those. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, we learn from other people's experiences and, and how they've done well and how they've progressed in their lives. And yeah, we do the same thing at Titanium. And uh, so you, you've got this forever learning mentality. Did that come from your schooling? 
No, I'm, I'm not sure why. That's it. <laughs> no? It's just, just how, how I am. So part of your natural disposition is that right. you've just got this hunger to continue to learn. And is, does that uh, translate into other areas or have you found that uh, very fortunately that's always had a focus on business? You've just got a um, natural no, interest. No, it's really just been in business. Yeah. I've always um, not only been hungry to grow the business, but to learn more about the business and just get involved as much as I can in, in just trying to be better than the competition. Yeah. If you were that guy again, uh, starting your business with $1,000 in your back pocket 10 years ago, is there um, anything that you would suggest to that person um, today that you would do differently or would you, are, you, are you quite happy with all the mistakes that you've made? I am. If, obviously, if I go back in time, I wouldn't do any of those mistakes and I'd be a squirrel here now. Yep. <laughs> but no, if I, if I didn't make any of those mistakes, I wouldn't be worrying today. I wouldn't have learned from those. And, yeah, I think, yeah, hindsight's a great thing. If I could go back in time, I probably wouldn't do it, but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, and is there any advice that you would give to the uh, Danny of 10 years ago? Is there any sage words of advice if you could pop into the time yeah, vortex? Yeah, probably, um, instead of getting down on mistakes, just learn from them and move on. Yeah. yeah. So has that been yeah, something where you've tended to take those, those hits a little bit harder than in retrospect you would now? That's right, yeah. Um, I think humans are like that generally yeah um, I'm no different so that's yeah that's just how it is and have you found your business accelerate as you've been able to get up from those mistakes or get up from those losses quicker yes definitely yeah and yeah. yeah, also um, it's probably a thing that I do I don't I wouldn't say I use people but mm -hmm. I encourage people to I'll bring the best out of people is probably a better way to put it yeah so every manager that we've ever had every staff member I always try and get as much as I can out of them. Yeah. And it, it works. That's that's probably um, the best advice I'd give anybody. Is surrounding yourself with really high quality people and the best people that are on your mission? That's right. Yeah. Doing that and, and just getting the best out of them as well. You can have the, the best person in the world working for you, but if you don't draw their, uh, I don't know, their, their awesomeness from them, yeah. um, nothing will happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and are, are there any techniques that you use now um, that you uh, to, to do that, to extract the best from people? No, not really. Um, it's you just got to know how to read people. Yeah, yeah. And and so you can read people, and, and you can work with them to figure out the best way for them to move forward with your business. Yeah, and and in reading people, um, are you are you pretty quick in sizing somebody up, or is that is that a skill set that you've developed yeah, or an instinct through security, perhaps in those early days? Possibly. I'm not sure where it's come from, but yeah, I've always had that yeah, tendency to be able to just read people and draw from them how they're feeling about things and yeah, yeah just. Yeah, get the best from them. Yeah, and and obviously a skill set that served you well. How about going back to those times when uh, there were just a handful of people and you're growing and you're getting all of these new people into the environment. How did you find injecting new talent into an environment where there's been some people there for a while as you're looking to grow the business, um, but also stabilise those people that have been with you for a period of time and assure them that you know yeah. this growth is going to be worth it or their That's job's not on the line? A lot of people don't like change yes and um, they don't like growth because they they don't feel it's that small family business anymore it's growing to something bigger yeah so you have to continually motivate them um, make people feel good about themselves make people feel comfortable that they are still part of the titanium family yeah and, and grow from there and would you describe yourself then as a hands-on CEO with respect to that yes absolutely yeah and and a big key to your success it would appear that you've remained hands-on with with people how have you managed to do that as you've gone from a couple of dozen to a couple of hundred people in, in the business? It's very difficult, but yeah. I think as long as we maintain our core values, 
yeah. of you know, being friendly with the staff. We're not, I'm not a CEO that sits in my ivory tower and just has a PA and yep. you know, I actually work in the office with the rest of the staff and it yep. works well. You're always in uniform, just like you know one of the guys on the on the floor, so to That's speak. Right. Yeah. When there's an event on, I'll usually go to the event. You know, if there's you know, a couple hundred staff there, they'll, they'll see me walking around, you know, saying hello, shaking hands, and yeah, and yeah, I think they feel motivated or they, they feel impressed by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, more recently, um, you've taken on naming rights of a fairly major sporting arena, uh, which is now known as Titanium uh, Arena, yep. where the uh, it's the home of the Adelaide 36ers. Yes. What was some of the thinking? Because that's a pretty considerable decision to make in terms terms of branding, marketing, um, but overall strategy. So I'm just interested to go from a, a highly localised business uh, servicing, uh, say, the greater metropolitan Adelaide area to taking on naming rights. Um, what was your thinking behind that? What were you hoping to achieve by making well, such an investment? Yeah, at that point, we wanted to expand interstate mm -hmm. and we knew we had to do something major to be able to promote ourselves as a, as a major player in the industry. Yeah. Because whenever you're um, whenever you're in a strange state, people don't know your company. Um, you're just another backyarder who's starting up. At least we've got the backing of a of a major sporting arena, lot titanium security arena. Yeah. It gives us some credibility in the market. Yeah. And that was that was probably one of the biggest reasons we did it. We wanted to get into the events area as well. Yeah. And having a stadium is it's, it's just something to it raises your profile. Yeah, and and has that helped you with larger corporate clients? Do it you has. feel? Yeah, yeah and opened up other doors perhaps that weren't available to you previously. Yeah, definitely. And we've we've um, come across many clients that have not heard of Titanium Security, but they've heard of Titanium Security Arena. Right. So when they put them together, it, yeah, it it gives you more credibility. So you're supporting the arena, and, and in many respects also supporting the Adelaide 36ers. Yep. So um, was there a degree of brand synergy there, knowing that the Adelaide 36ers held similar core values to Titanium? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm also a fan of the 36ers, that's the other reason for it. Yeah. And yeah, I think the, the way they run their business is very similar to the way we run ours. And yeah. Yeah, it, it works out well. And, and you were just touching on there that you do love basketball. So yeah. is it fair to say that this all started with your love of basketball and essentially as a spectator going along to Absolutely, yeah. watch we had, games um, there at Titanium We Arena? started off there with Courtside tickets and sponsored them and we sponsored the team and then went from there to a, to a suite. Yeah. And yeah, just from there to the naming rights. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, so just being in the area of your passion in that respect led you to um, a position that opened up greater doors for you um, in terms of business. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's definitely um, it's a lot of fun going to a basketball game and yeah, that's not the main reason we sponsor the stadium, but it's, it's a good reason. Yeah. yeah, outside of just the people management and, and dealing with that uh, ever-expanding uh, team of people that you you'd now have um, in titanium security, um, what, what, are, what are other kind of touch points or moments in the business that you can perhaps reflect upon where they're either do or die or uh, maybe, you know, it was going to, next fortnight we might not be here or are there any of those moments where you, uh, you had pause to, to reflect upon where, what are we doing, why are we doing this and, you know, is it worth going forward and, and perhaps if you can just expand upon what then led you to make the next step to make the final determination to push forward. Yeah, I think in business, everybody goes through that. Why am I doing this? It's not worth it. Because you go through years of poverty to, you know, just to build a brand. And yeah. We're, we're no different to anyone else. We've had the same issues. Yeah. It's worked out um, reasonably well in, in the long term, but yeah. you just have to, you just have to stick at it and you know, stay motivated. 
yeah. keep her on the ball and just keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. So just having that ever focus on the greater mission is what keeps, right. you, keeps you moving forward. Yep. And, and I think often to trap for new businesses when they don't have uh, perhaps the, the years in business to be able to put context around their failures, um, it can, that can often be a real challenge. But now you've got that experience and you're able to put those losses or those, uh, those bad moments into an overall context, do you feel that um, you weathered those storms all the better? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to, no matter what gets you down, you've got to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, with, with our business, there's many moments, probably, probably dozens or even, even hundreds, yeah. where we've thought, why are we even doing this? We're, we're never getting anywhere. We don't seem to have any money in the bank. It's just not happening. But yeah. If you really look at where you started to where you are at that point, yeah. it's not that bad. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. And, and yeah. do you, is that just quite the stoic tradition to reflect upon? What, what if I had nothing? Hmm. Am I really that worse off? Um, and for a lot of people in small business in particular, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but but you, you don't hold that fear that if you lost it all tomorrow, you'd lose everything, so to speak? No. No, it doesn't cross your mind? No, I don't think about it. That's amazing. Um, and so now you've erased that from your mind, does it open up a whole range of new possibilities in your mind? Does it get you excited about the future? It does, yeah. It's, um, you, have to, know, you have to be ballsy to move forward sometimes, and yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. So we're expanding in other states. Um, Victoria's starting in the next few weeks. Um, straight after that, we're going to WA as well. So we'll be in um, five states at that point. That's amazing growth. Um, and uh, particularly around the security services, what if you could just um, elaborate for us for a moment, what are the range of services that you provide um, at the moment in South Australia and that you're looking to roll out all across the country? Yep, our, our main business is static guards. Mm -hmm. So. Um, concierge security, um, you know, front desk type services. Yeah. Um, we've got cash and transit division, we've got patrols, electronics division, which is expanding very rapidly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's alarm systems and CCTV. Yeah. And um, yeah, probably crowd control and special events. That's something we haven't done a lot of, but yeah. we're, we're really starting to ramp that up. We've got the um, WOMAD Festival coming up in March. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the Australian Three Day International um, this month. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, we're getting more and more events like that because people start to know who we are and it's working out well. Wonderful. And we're, we're going to expand those interstate as well. And also, um, from what I understand, you um, attract a lot of guards through the training that you offer. That's so right. you're one of yeah. the few security providers that also offer the training so that people can have themselves qualified and, and move, have a pathway into employment, is that correct? That's right, yeah, not many companies have, a, have an RTO. Mm -hmm. We did it mainly to develop better industry um, staff because we noticed a lot of the trainees in South Australia weren't providing the good training that we required as a business. Yeah. So we, we bought a franchise for Specialised Career Solutions mm -hmm. and yeah, that, that's working out really well. And it's, it's, it's good in that we can control what they're being taught. Um, we're, not, we're not teaching them anything stupid, which we were finding. Yeah. And our trainers are actually employees of ours too, so that they're real life trainers and giving them real life scenarios. Yeah, and, and you get quality control. Absolutely. And, yeah. and has your experience been that your, your staff essentially, they help when it comes to retendering, they help when it comes to securing your business because you've trained them right, they're the face of the business, the clients yeah. love them, which means there's less conjecture when it comes to pricing at a, at a tender point. It's, it's amazing what a difference the staff make on the ground. Yeah. As an example, we had a, um, two guards working for a site. Um, I can't say which one because I can't announce the, the contract yet. <laughs> yeah. But they, they're working on a site as a contractor for another company. The, one of the CEOs of the business or one of the, one of the directors 
saw the guards, just got talking to them, said, oh, who do you work for? Titanium, that's great. And you're happy there? Yeah. These guys are ambassadors for us. Yeah. Out of that, we were invited to tender for their work. So if it wasn't for the guards having that quiet conversation with somebody they didn't know, they didn't, yeah, I'm guessing right. they weren't familiar that that was the CEO that they were talking to? No, they, they were just good guards doing a good job and being customer friendly like we teach them to be. And, yeah. And yeah, they, they were basically our ambassadors on, on the site. <laughs> and we're invited to tender and we've just found out we've won that tender. Congratulations. Can't announce who the, ten, who the client is until uh, 5th of November, so a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> so, so potentially the, those two guards in themselves are creating jobs for dozens of other people? That's right. Just yeah. amazing. And that's, um, that works in New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. Wow. Yeah. And, and so fulfilling the company mission at the same time? That's right. Well, so I guess that, that really does cut to the heart of what you were saying before. You're a CEO who's hands-on, you're developing your people, you're spending time with your people. Um, maintaining great communication and ensuring that the narrative and the ethic of the business filters from the top all the way down to those guys that are ultimately the ambassadors of your business. That's right. Yeah. And that's the fuel that keeps your business momentum moving forward. Yes, definitely. Wonderful. Well, Danny, thanks so much for coming along and sharing some of your story with us. And, um, and it's wonderful to see local innovators um, make successes of their business from relatively humble beginnings in such a relatively short period of time. So it's been an absolute joy hearing your story, Danny. Thank yep. you very Thank much. You. No worries. Thank you.